In the spring of 2021, Mickey Weems was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer and was given 6 to 12 months to live. This episode was recorded in November of 2022. My name is Donna Blanchard. While we recognize that Mickey is dying, we'd like to welcome you to another day of his life. Hello, Mickey Weems. Aloha, my Kako. Aloha. How are you doing today? Physically? Pretty good. I want to give a shout out to Susan and oh. James out there too. I want to <laughs> leave that the crew is all in effect. The crew's here. They're yep. always so quiet. In most of our episodes, they've been very quiet, but we and I think maybe our audience doesn't recognize how integral they are, not just to the finished product, but to the every nuance of our conversation. For me, everything. Everything for for me, it's helpful to know that they are there. And when we initially started this journey, I knew that I didn't just want them on the team. I knew that I wanted support in the room as it were um because i i had no idea how difficult this might be actually well can i tell you something about my last day as i'm planning it yeah one of the things is i do not want to be touched i do not want to be approached by anybody that i do not love Mm. just that simple i don't want any strangers around me i don't want strangers handling my body when i die i want it all to be done by people i love as much as possible right I know yeah. that, you know, when, when my ashes are collected, it's got to be somebody else, right? It's got to be professional. That, that's over going to be over at Oahu uh, Crematoria. And that's okay. But otherwise, everything else, don't, don't you know, do not approach my person if, if, I, if, if we do not love each other. It's, it's, it's very clear in my head. And I'm, I'm kind of enamored by that because people are used to, you know, I mean, you, people would rather go. And I don't understand this. This is something I learned in Hawaii. I went to the wedding of a friend of mine named Fuzzy Alboro. <laughs> from Maui and the wedding that he had everything all the food all the everything that was that was done for the reception and the marriage itself was done by his family and friends there was no catering besides you know auntie yeah <laughs> that sounds something. like polish do that the they don't hire caterers the family does it all yeah and that yeah. just makes so much sense to me and i I've, you know, I've never forgotten that because it was so much fun. It was so, it was superior. Mm. In my opinion, when Steve, when Steve, uh, what's his name? The, the comedian, when he did father of the bride, Oh, Steve the Martin. movie, the Steve Martin. And in it, he's planning on doing a cookout. And, and, and then you can see everyone like considering that to be a bad thing. I, th- I thought, what is wrong with you people? You know, that is perfect. Let him barbecue his butt off, you know, let, because I bet, especially if he's good. Right. No, yeah. no. If he's not, if he's not worth a damn. Then find find uncle or aunt so so who can do it, right? But yeah, so um, that the personal touch is everything to me now, and yeah, so that I get, and that I insist upon. So I don't know what brought me to this point. What were we talking about that got me on this tangent? I you just jumped right in there with uh, we're talking about the collaboration here between the four. Oh of yeah. Us. The, the okay the reason why i brought that up okay coming right about again right get <laughs> get from a to z through every other letter right um the 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 collaboration with i know you people i trust you i love you and if i didn't i wouldn't be doing this i would say okay who is this who is stepping in here yeah do i know you you know i mean the kind of questions that you hear hawaiians say 
you know, and if somebody says, oh, I'm so-and-so, and they say, okay, where, where are you from? You know, which neighborhood? Who's your family? Where you That's read. the sort of thing that I've grown just to really to embrace. And so they don't usually say it to me because, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm Malahini 100%, um, as in somebody who's not from here. But, but they'll, they'll say, oh, with Noel. Mm. Oh, he's friends with so-and-so. And so I'm connected, believe it or not, and familiarly to these people in, in this network, this wonderful Ohana network that's so embracing here once, once you're in it, right? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's so important. Well, it's important to know that you're in good company and we certainly yeah. are here. I feel like regardless of your race, religion, uh, however, the many different ways you identify yourself, are you a goodie or a baddie? <laughs> and you know, there are people that you meet that you just know, oh, this is a good person. And there are other people that you meet that you're you're just not comfortable from the very beginning. And I feel like this is one of those groups that we can disagree about things, but we're always going to be able to trust each other. Mm -hmm. Glenda the Good said it the best at the beginning of The Wizard of Oz, are you a good witch or are you a bad witch? Right. Yeah. Yes. And then later in, in that same scene, she says, Dorothy asks, well, how do you know? And Glenda, I can't remember what the line is, but she says something about, well, you can, you can see bad witches are ugly. And then what Dorothy never said, but should have was, well, then why did you ask me? What's your point? <laughs> <Well, anyway. laughs> obviously beauty is, is not, beauty is, uh, uh, is not skin deep. You know, be beauty is, she asked because and, and Dorothy's a good looking little girl, right? Mm. But that wasn't enough for Glenda. Glenda had to find out, you know, is this a facade? Is this, are you one yeah. of those phonies, right? So yeah, I get it. Yeah. And it's a feeling, I think the older I get, the more I trust that, trust that feeling. Um, let's talk about when we were discussing our topics for this episode, uh, We've got a lot of good things to talk about, but um, the topic of possessions, um, you mentioned, and I love that it's very timely for me as well. I just went through one of my um, regular purges that I go through. And I just want to say, when you initially said possessions, that came off a conversation about um, uh, is spiritually being able to communicate with someone uh, before you've passed. So when you said possessions, I thought of the exorcist. <laughs> that's you know, not my what mind always goes there anyway. So yeah, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. Um, <gasps> possessions. In this case, I'm talking about material. I mean, we, we can go further to talk about kids, you know, degrees, um, any number of other things. But right now, the for, for the topic of this conversation, the hot thing for me is what do you own in, in the material world? And I am currently, as, uh, as I think I've mentioned earlier, I'm currently getting rid of everything. And I advise people, because how many of you have seen this? I'm sure that you have. You've seen families, you know, together while, while a loved one is dying. Then as soon as the loved one dies, they go at each other like tigers over what the person has left behind, right? And that is so incredibly, incredibly tacky. <laughs> That's, that, to me, tacky is, is, is you know, t t tacky is a hell-worthy quality. 
all right if you're tacky then yeah you you're gonna go one of the circles um to to even do that like when my parents died i didn't ask for anything i may have mentioned that in an earlier podcast that that i don't if if i want to see what my parents gave me all i have to do is look in a mirror Hmm. you know that, that that's enough for me what they gave me was all kinds of gifts that make me who i am and so the material objects do not matter to me. Uh, so it's, it's not that difficult for me to get rid of every single thing I own. I, I, I do want to say that I've only witnessed that going after possessions like tigers in movies and books. <laughs> um, in my, even when you go about it very, very peacefully, it's still painful. So after my mother passed, we had a night at the house where we wanted to clear out her things as much as possible so that our dad, once we all, I went back to college, everyone went back to their homes and families, he wasn't going to be left to deal with it. And it, it was, it was lovely as we were going through, oh, remember when, remember when you take it? No, you take it. That That's what happened in my family. And it was still very, very painful. And it would have been not everyone has the luxury of knowing that that time is coming, but right. it, it does just having that memory makes me feel like, <laughs> well, when we also experienced then after our dad passed, uh, my brother and I were going through things and he said, give everyone your passwords, tell someone where everything is, b- b- label everything well, because it's difficult it can be very difficult if you don't have all of those things in order. So you, it, so you are, you are going through that right now. You're shedding things. What do you do if someone gives you a, a, a gift that's an item? I'm delighted. Yeah. Then I give it to somebody else. <laughs> so they know that when they give it to me, I will take it temporarily and cherish it temporarily and then find a good home for it. Um, so the other side of that is the concept of mana and objects have mana that and i'm that that is such if, if being a student of of the people that have welcomed me here being a student of hawaiians has made me real sensitive towards trying to get things right and a concept such as mana or aloha or kuleana they are so very rich that a simple answer is maybe okay for a conversation, but that's not enough. And something like mana is so, oh my God, the, the implications of it, the applications of it. Mana typically gets translated as spiritual force. And that's okay for a start, but it is so much more. And it applies to very specific conditions <laughs> that, vary upon, that vary upon where you're at, who has it, um, um, what they've done, um, animals uh weather everything all, all these things mana mana of mana flows and it's all around us and so objects have mana so people will cherish them no- noel will refer to the cloak of kalani opu'u which came back to hawaii his, his feathered cloak one of those beautiful magnificent feathered cloaks and i know that you guys have seen them the hawaiian elite used to wear these cloaks from shoulder to the ground the men would made from feathers of birds that are now extinct. And they're beautiful. I mean, they're stunningly beautiful because each cloak can have over a million feathers. Painstakingly put into this mm-hmm. weaving, this, this, this um, net, of, or I shouldn't say net, what do you call it? A, a, mesh. A, yeah, a mesh 
into which the feathers are placed and they're, and they're so endurable because these things are hundreds of years old and they're still they still last you know they're, they're, they're still they're still beautiful the colors vibrant. are still vibrant yeah, yeah. Vi exactly vibrant so um she refers to that cloak from Kalaniopu'u. Kalaniopu'u was the ali'i, the leader who met with Captain Cook when he arrived. And, and Kalaniopu'u gifted him with one of those feathered cloaks you know, before he killed him. <laughs> so um, the, the cloak ended up finding its way to New Zealand. And the museum, uh, Te Papa, in, in, in New Zealand had it they gave it they loaned it excuse me to hawaii in perpetuity it'll be here forever as an act of what what noel calls pacific generosity this cloak is magnificent and noel says yeah kalaniopu'u came home that the objects are the person mm -hmm. and that is this you know so possessions are there's the there's the magic of mana of, of where i live and it's giving me chicken skin to even talk about it that um, I hope to extend with the things that I give people that my own mana is you know, no idea just how powerful it is, but that my own mana goes to them and helps them, that, that it's a positive force for them. Um, so even though, yes, get rid of possessions, et cetera, realize that when you've owned it, part of you goes with it. Queen, the reason why this is so, so topical is I don't know if you guys saw it this week. Um, good question. This week, uh, Lily Wokalani left. Did you know that? Uh, no, I don't know. Okay, Lily, Queen Lily Wokalani was the last reigning monarch of Hawaii. She's stunningly impressive and beautiful as a woman. There's a full-length portrait of her at Iolani Palace. That has been packaged up and shipped off to the Smithsonian. So she's traveling to D.C., to represent us, to represent Hawaii, to represent her, her nation, right? And I am so pleased, but at the same time, I'm sad. You know, I didn't want to see her go. When you go to Iolani Palace and you see this magnificent portrait of her, yeah. and she's looking as regal as you could possibly look, and it's her. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't try to make her look better or worse than the person she was. And she's just stunning. She's just, oh, oh my God, yeah. so beautiful. And what better representation of the Hawaiian people than this than this uh, this portrait of her? The original portrait is going to D.C. And so part of my heart is glad, right? But Noelle said, "Yeah, uh, Liliu, she, she she's traveling now," and and I said, "I'm, I'm kind of sad." And Noelle said, "Well, it's not the first time she's gone to D.C. because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She you know she was a, she was a sovereign, and she she went to D.C. I don't know how many times, but she'd been there before." So there's that aspect of possessions that I picked up from here. See how many more minutes we got. Oh, and, and we, we, have a, we have a statement here. Uh, may I read this? Uh, yeah, it's a question from James. Go right ahead. Yeah. Well, James, would you like to say, would you like to say it? Oh, sure. Uh, you mentioned something a little earlier, uh, talking about how objects are the person, which I think is a great, a great uh, concept. Um, which of your objects best represent you? My body. <laughs> I think it I, means I beyond it. that a little. Yeah. <laughs> sorry? Um, beyond honestly, that. because my body is sculpted, I have been working on it for the better part of my life. I'm working on it since, since I was at least 15. Um, so yeah, that is that is the object that best represents me. And when I go, that is the object that people are going to be able to access 
if they want to get a hold of me at that secret location that only the elite shall know. <laughs> but what about your, let, let's talk. So when I moved to Hawaii, I had to go through a big purge because yep. I had been going on through decades of my life collecting things. And when you spend most of your time living in one part of the country, I was in the Midwest, even when I had to rent movers and trucks, I still took everything along with me. But when I was moving here, there was no way that was going to happen. It wasn't financially feasible. It wasn't reasonable. I had no idea, blah, blah, blah. So I gave away, I sold things on Craigslist. I put things in consignment shops. I made gifts of things. I had my family members. I had a big party and I told everyone, go. I had bookshelf. I had a, lot, a room, a library. I said, go pick out whatever books you, you want. And I felt good about the things that were going to family members. And I felt a loss for things that were going to strangers. Yeah. But in general, I felt a huge um, emotional lightening of, of my load. I, um, and I actually met the, I moved here on New Year's Eve, 2010 and, or 2011. And on New Year's day, I was at the beach to watch the sunrise on the windward side. And I met a fellow, it was just me and this one fellow there pre-dawn. And we started talking and he had a similar story about leaving just releasing his possessions and we're still in touch and he still is like me I do regular purges probably three or four times every year I go through things ruthlessly because it feels so good and it, he and I marveled at how it was wonderful for me to have that reinforcement at that time it was it, it was marvelous how it changed us to recognize that we are not in most of those things. And actually the two things that I moved here that were precious to me, I would not give up. One was a gift from my dad. One was a gift from my mom. They are the two only things that broke in shipping. <laughs> so that was a hard lesson for me because those were the, th I thought my mom and dad were in those things, but of well, course they probably that's weren't. not true. You know, well, the, the impermanence of, of the world. The, the, you had a very strong Buddhist lesson there. The world is impermanent. You know, you, you cannot count on anything. So um, that, but I'll tell you something else that was going on with you. When you were doing these things, what you were doing, in my opinion, was setting yourself up in a wonderful way by not relinquishing them relinquishing is a passive thing and you know how about that i do not surrender i'm not a passive person by any stretch of the imagination but i if you're proactive and you give and you say okay i'm assigning this to you i'm doing this with this okay that that makes you actively participating in the process that you will eventually have to go through the universe will force you to do it one way or the other mm -hmm. so rather than be forced actively participate ride the wave don't let the wave crush you ride the wave and you you and you and your uh your buddy you guys were riding that wave you you guys were champs you, you were hitting the 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 50 foot north shore you know winter <laughs> waves and you're saying you you were yeah. cruising down that wave so 
congratulations on that you you you, you passed the test mm -hmm. I have bags and bags of stuff I'm getting rid of in the backseat of my car right now that are going to Goodwill tomorrow. And it's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. I wonder, and I know we have limited time left, so um, it's, it may be really hard to wrap this up, but how, uh, how uh, what kind of, what size container would it take to hold all of your possessions right now? Right now. Okay. I'm looking around, um, not counting what's Kit Kats. Okay. Um, let's not count the blankets and stuff because those are going to, those are, you know, those are on loan. Those are going to go to somebody else. The only things that I actually own are, here's one. It's a, it's a Hopi statue of Sunface. Here's another plague rat, a little plague, little hand rat puppet yeah, plague rat oh. from London. Okay. I don't know. And... <laughs> The portrait of uh, Kamehameha the First, made by Carl Powell, one of his favorite works that that I, I that I own, and he knows I own it. Carl Powell is a is a I would say a, a renowned artist from Honolulu, who is a, a dear a dear person, a very dear person, and I, I have one of his favorite works. I am lucky enough. I, I don't know how. I ended up being, you know, the recipient of it. And I also have a portrait uh, by, by um, given to Noel from a Hopi friend of hers of four planets and two figures that are playing with them. And it's called mm -hmm. the twins playing with the planets because that's part of Hopi myth. Yeah, That's in my room too. So I've got those. And Popoki, of course, you know, the, the piece of coral that's going to follow me to the sea, that's with me. So besides that, everything else is pretty much already up for grabs. Or just like clothing and yeah, clothing, yeah. The microphone you're on, the computer you're looking at. Yep. That's about it. That's a, about that. that's a good I love the Hopi Sun face is really dear to me. I I love that so much. Well, do you know what's interesting about this Hopi Sun face? I'm trying to find out more about it. The Hopi Sun face is holding a papoose. Wow. It's holding a baby. And if you look on the very back of it, there's a lizard. Oh, ooh. So I think that, cool. look, how, look how well this is carved. It's beautiful. It's, yeah, so the, there's no doubt all of this myth that's wrapped up into it, because um, it, it's made from cottonwood, which is the traditional way that mm. you make a, a kachina. Anyway, yeah, we, we, we got to get. We got to wrap up. But thank you for going through that. And I honor that having so little and, be, and feeling free because of it. Thank you, Nikki. Opeshaw. <laughs> Aloha. Aloha. I'm Donna Blanchard. James Charisma is our producer. Susan Wright is our content advisor, PR agent, and support team member. Music generously donated by Kainani Kahaunaele from her Hoku Award-winning album, Waipunale. We're all here to support our friend Mickey and help him help all of us to learn about living while dying. <laughs>